Shall we pray together before we open God's word? Let's pray. Father, still our hearts, we pray. It's been good to sing of your greatness. It's been good to sing of who you are, to remind ourselves after a busy week of, of your great love for us, of all that you've done for us. Father, now still our hearts, we pray, as we come to your word, your living word, that you long to still speak to us through your word. And today, may our hearts be open, our ears open, ready to hear what you ought to say to us. And may we be ready to respond. Father, may your Holy Spirit be working in us and through us this morning as we study your word together, we pray. May our lives be transformed, be changed through the work of your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> oh, that's so kind. Thank you so, so Lovely people in this church. Thank you so much, Sylvia. That's wonderful. Well, we're continuing um, a journey with Paul and Barnabas today. For those of us who were here last week, we, we began what is known as um, Paul's first missionary journey. We're looking this year as a church in, through the summer at um, more stories in the book of Acts. If you were a visitor and you came last year, as I know some of you were, you might remember we were in Acts last year. So we started our series in Acts last year, Daring to Be the Church. Um, and we've, we're continuing it this year through the summer and we're being really blessed. Um, as we follow the lives of Paul and Barnabas at the moment. Well, as you may well know, Paul and Barnabas both had life-changing encounters with uh, Jesus the Messiah. Joseph, who was uh, actually nicknamed Barnabas by the apostles, he, he hears the good news of Jesus and he decides to sell his field that he owns and all the money that he gets from the sale of the field, he gives to the apostles that the work of the church might grow, that the poor might be fed. So he, he's given up so much, he, life transformation as a result of meeting Jesus. And then perhaps the story of Saul, who later becomes Paul, is a bit more familiar to us. But of course, Saul was a devout Jew, wasn't he? And his, his mission was to persecute and eradicate uh, the people that, that called Jesus the Messiah. Of course, he has a dramatic, a dramatic encounter with Jesus, doesn't he, on the road to Damascus. And he discovers that this Jesus is alive and that he is risen from the dead. And Jesus calls Paul to be his follower. That's Paul and Barnabas. Last week we were in chapter 13. The Holy Spirit called uh, the church in Antioch to set apart Paul and Barnabas. And, and he called them to travel and go and spread this wonderful news of Jesus that they knew for themselves. So they start off and they go to Antioch and they carry on to Cyprus and then lots of other names that we couldn't pronounce. And today we're in chapter 14. And so the journey continues. This journey that charts the spread, the initial spread of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, beyond Jerusalem, beyond Judea and Samaria, and out to the very ends of the earth, just as Jesus had promised it would when the Holy Spirit came on them and he returned to his, after he'd returned to his Father in heaven. And you know, when we read these incredible accounts that we do in Acts, we might call them the successes, if you like, of Paul and Barnabas. We must hear these words of Jesus again, where he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, he says, doesn't he, in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Why, Why do we need to hear those, those, that so keenly? Well, I think, because if you're anything like me, 
you can end up thinking, I could never do that. I could never do what they've done. When we read about how they so naturally share their faith, where they so naturally talk about Jesus, we can start to feel a bit overwhelmed, can't we? And think, well, I could never do that. But you know, Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit to them is a promise to us too. Isn't that brilliant? It's a promise to us too. What we discover as we go through Acts is that nothing would have happened if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit being at work. Without that partnership of God and his people, his people and their God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it wouldn't have happened. And I think that's really important for us to remember as we start to think about evangelism, as we start to thinking about sharing our, our faith today. So here's a question for you. How would you describe your life this morning, your life as a follower of Jesus? How would you describe it? Would you say it was exciting and fun and dynamic? Or would words like bland and uneventful or even mundane, dare I use the word coasting, would that fit a bit better with you this morning? I wonder. You see, I, I wonder if sometimes we can lose sight of the excitement and the energy that there is in following Jesus. I wonder if sometimes we can become so used to that story of grace that we lose the wonder of the cross. And we lose the wonder of all that Jesus has done for us. We become too familiar with it. Well, the early disciples didn't, and they hadn't. And what we discover is because they hadn't lost that uh, initial understanding, that excitement and energy, their lives were far from ordinary, far from mundane, far from lacking colour. Their lives are vibrant and full of drama. And I wondered, as we read the stories, as we will in the moment, of these two men, of Paul and of Barnabas, whether we might long for some more highs in our Christian walk, that we might long for some more highs, some more excitement, some more action, some more energy. Because you know what? As followers of Jesus and his transforming good news, that's what we signed up for, actually, when we became Christians. And the worry is, I think, that we can become a bit too comfortable. And you know, when we look at the story of Paul and Barnabas, we discover, and I love the word journey, because it is, it's a missionary journey. They keep moving. They don't stand still. Following Jesus doesn't give us the option of standing still, actually. It doesn't give us the option of being mundane. They were on a journey. And for you, you might already be on that journey with Jesus this morning. And so I guess the question is, where are you on that journey? Have you ground to a bit of a halt? <laughs> or are you still moving? And the other question would be, if you are, then are you prepared for the highs, but also for the lows that come with being on that journey? That journey of sharing your faith, of telling others about Jesus. <coughs> We're going to look at the um, journey of Paul and Barnabas this morning. I'm going to read it now, don't worry. And there are three things um, that I think come out of this story, and I've made them rhyme, so I'm rather chuffed. Availability, flexibility, and humility. On the journey, the three things perhaps we need to be thinking about this morning. So if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to turn to Acts chapter 14. That's where we're going to be um, this morning. Acts chapter 14, and I'm going to uh, read from verse 1. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue.
There they spake, spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poured, poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and to stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian city of Lystra and Derby and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. So availability. Well, as uh, a Jew, Paul would have sought out the, the synagogue in any town um, and he would go there first before he went ever anywhere else to share this good news of Jesus. Because there he would find some common ground. And so he'd find a place where he could start uh, talking with the Jews. And we're told, aren't we, that in Iconium at the, at the synagogue, he spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. That's the sort of uh, response we all dream of, isn't it, when we're sharing our faith. Lots of people responding and saying yes to Jesus. What a wonderful high they must have been on when that happened. But then in the very next verse, we're told that those who refused to believe, both Jews and Gentiles, stirred up trouble and they poisoned their minds against Paul and, and Barnabas. I wonder sometimes if that's the sort of reaction we get a bit fearful of. So we, we resist sharing our faith in, ca in case that might happen. Well, Paul and Barnabas don't get put off, do they? I mean, I think perhaps I'd run with um, what's happening to them. But no, it says they choose to spend even more time there, considerable time, despite the opposition that they receive. You know, they're available, aren't they? Available to be obedient to this opportunity that is there before them. They're available despite this, what seems like quite a big setback to me, despite the encouragements. They make themselves available. And it's amazing because God then confirms their message and they do signs and wonders, able to perform signs and wonders. But even that's not enough for these people that they're talking to and they turn on them and they plot to stone them. But Paul and Barnabas know that with the highs and the lows, um, those times um, of reject, sorry, with the highs of, of um, sharing their faith also come these lows, these difficult times. These tough times when people don't respond or respond negatively. And here we have a reminder that not only the highs but also in the lows, we need to faithfully keep sharing our faith. That whether it's in the highs or the lows, we need to be available to speak of God, to speak of him, to share of what he's done for us. That even in the highs or the lows, that we need to step out and talk about that life that God has given to us. We continue to be a light in the darkness, be salt in society, whether it's through the good times, the highs or the lows. And it's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy to share our faith. But I think if we're not willing to, um, to be available in those difficult and those low times, then in those times of, of struggle, and I dare, don't really want to use the word persecution because I'm not sure in this country we know what that is. But if we're not prepared to be available in the lows in those difficult times, then we're going to miss out on the highs, aren't we? We're going to miss out on those times when we do see God working, when, when it is exciting to be in partnership with God. So as we're available, I think we also have the challenge 
to be flexible. And I want to read on um, uh, more of the story to you, if that's okay, in verse 8 of chapter 14. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and he'd never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes and they rushed out into the crowd saying, Friends, why are you doing this? We are only human like you. We're bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go on their way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. Even with these words, they have difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. And the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Well, so far, far on their journey, Paul and Barnabas have um, been seeking out the Jewish synagogue in every town that they've travelled to. If you go back to chapter 13, I encourage you to do this. It's worth looking at how he shares his faith with the Jews there who are listening. It, catalog, um, it accounts the whole of the sermon. Paul connects with them. He's a Jew, they're Jews. They have a mutual understanding of the story of God leading the people of Israel. And Paul uses that opportunity of, of mutual understanding to lead them on to Jesus to the promised saviour, the promised Messiah. And, and he does that again in, in, this, in, in Iconium here, um, in the synagogue here. But then when he gets to Lystra, there, there is no synagogue there. So Paul's approach changes. And you sense that Paul's always looking for a way in, a way to speak to him, looking for any opportunity that he can that comes his way. And while speaking as he is, obviously, um, to the crowd in the, in the square, he sees a man who's unable to walk. And Paul sees that this man is, is responding in faith to all that's being shared. So he takes the opportunity to bring healing to this man, inviting him to stand up and walk. How exciting that must have been. The people of Lystra, they don't have that Jewish heritage. They, they're Greeks, they're Gentiles. So Paul, we see, takes a very different approach as he begins to speak to them. As he, he begins to explain the good news is rather than all the history that he would go through with the Jews, he begins to speak about the fact that there's one creator God. The Greek culture had many, many gods. But he talks about this one God, this creator God who loves and cares for them, who's interested in them. And we're seeking to share our faith. It's important to be aware of who we're speaking to, isn't it? What works for one person or, or situation may well not work for somebody else. How we share with our friends at the school gate may be very different from how we share with our 
elderly neighbour. You think back to Jesus, how he shared with the woman at the well was very different from the way he spoke to the Canaanite woman, with the woman at the well who offers her life-giving water for her thirsty soul. But with the Canaanite woman, he gets into a discussion about faith and what faith means. We need to be flexible. We need to be flexible in how we share the gospel. We need to be flexible in the words that we choose and the direction that we take. Jumping in with both feet and using loads of uh, religious jargon may not always be the right way. It might never be the right way, actually. <laughs> Along with being available, we need to be flexible. We need to know, don't we? We need to know. We need to be able to explain our story. Or should I say God's story? That story of love. That story of a broken relationship with our creator, of his costly plan of rescue and of restoration through his son who he gave for us. The story of the cross. The story of hope. The story of new life. You see, this story is not just our story. It's the story that the world is longing for. It's the story that the world needs. And our calling, just as Paul and Barnabas had their calling, is, in it, is to enable our story to become their story. To help them discover their story, our story within God's big story. And you know, that's going to take thought. It's going to take reflection, isn't it? It's going to take intention. How do we find a way to connect with the person in front of us? How do we find that common ground on which we can begin a conversation? It also means that we need to take time to discover the weaknesses, the need that is before us, the questions that that neighbour, that friend, that relative, our community is facing. It means taking time to wrestle with that, to work it out, so that we can make the right response at the right time, being flexible in how we approach sharing our faith. But this is really important, and really important to notice that Paul's message, the central message, doesn't change. There's no flexibility there. The journey still and always must lead us to Jesus. Jesus must remain the centre. He's the reason that we share our story, and he's the only answer to their need. So flexibility about how we share, but not about what we share. Always, always, always keep Jesus as the goal. <laughs> Don't be tempted to water him down. And I think that's really an issue in our culture, that we want to offer people happiness, a better way of life. We want to offer people freedom from pain. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to offer Jesus. Eventually and intentionally lead people to the person and to the work of Jesus. So the journey that we're on to share our faith, one of availability, flexibility, but also I think in this story we see a need for humility. In this story we get such a roller coaster of highs and lows on this journey, this missionary journey, don't we? In just a few verses, we see this amazing response to the gospel. People in great numbers believing what the message that Paul and Barnabas bring. And then we see this vicious attack on Paul, don't we, and persecution. We see God 
working through healings, and many responding to the good news. Paul and Barnabas must have been so encouraged at that point, mustn't they? On that high of all the exciting things God was doing. And I think how we manage the highs is just as important as how we manage the lows when we're on our journey with God. Because when we're on a high and things are going well, the danger is that pride starts to creep in, doesn't it? We get a bit self-sufficient. I can do this. <laughs> I'm getting quite good at sharing my faith. And what happens here? Well, the people think that Paul and Barnabas are deity. They're some kind of gods that have come down to be with them. And so they begin to worship Paul and, and Barnabas. They, they start to make idols of them. And you know, sadly, particularly over recent months, but not so recently as well, we can probably all think of Christian leaders where popularity and success has led to them being idolised and then led to their downfall. The success, in whatever form it takes, is such a huge challenge, isn't it? The highs are often as hard as the lows in how we respond. And I don't want to point the finger. I want to say, let's check our own hearts here. What do we do when things go well? When we see God working and God really blessing us? When our friends respond to Jesus and the message we share with them? When they start to admire our faith? When we start to see the exciting things happen and people um, start recognising us and praising us for the way that we serve Jesus? Aren't you amazing the way you serve? Aren't you amazing that you've got such strong faith? Well, let's look at what happens when Paul realises what the Greeks are doing when they start putting him on a pedestal. He's distraught, isn't he? Absolutely distraught. And he calls them straight away, stop, stop this. I'm just human like you. Don't worship me as a God, worship the one true God. He points them in the direction of God. I love that line. He points them in the direction of God. Isn't that what we want to do? Isn't that what we want to do? And I think the word here is humility, isn't it? It's a key for Paul. Because he knows that this isn't about him. It's about the grace of God. He doesn't want, and I don't think he needs, any recognition. He doesn't need it from people because he knows who he is in Christ. And he knows what God has done for him. And I wonder if that's why Paul wrote Romans 12. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith God has given you. What a challenge for us when things are going well. But I think Paul also knew his role within the call that God had given him. He knew that he was the messenger. He was bringing the message and that he was leaving God to do the work. Because we're not called to convert people, actually, are we? We're not called to be the all-singing, all-dancing entertainer that entices people in to believe what we think. We're called to humbly share our faith, aren't we? We're called to humbly share the good news that's transformed our lives and tell others about it. Paul says in Corinthians, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, it's Jesus Christ as Lord. That's what we want to do. And then he goes on to say, with ourselves as your servants. That's humility, isn't it? Ourselves as your servants. I think humility is a choice, isn't it? It's a choice and it's an attitude. An attitude and a choice that recognises who God is and our place before him. And I think that's the humility that we're called to bring 
where we share our faith as well, isn't it? A humility that honours the other, that honours the position they're in, the place they take, that listens to them, that respects them. Paul says, um, sorry, no, Peter this time says in his letter, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Challenge here, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Then he tags this on the end, but do this with gentleness and respect. Do this with gentleness and respect. That's humility, isn't it? Humility. So, as we close, we've journeyed with Paul and Barnabas on their first ever missionary journey. We've seen how available they are. We've seen how flexible they've chosen to be. And we've seen their humility in the face of amazing success. They've seen many come to faith. They saw churches established in every place that they visited. But we've also seen that they had significant moments of disappointment. They had some failure in there. They certainly faced some rejection, didn't they? And some abuse. But, you know, that's life when we journey with God, isn't it? When we choose to take the same path and go on that journey of sharing our faith with Jesus, that's what it's like. That moment when the friend that you've been sharing your faith with for ages just says, yes, okay, I'll come to Alpha. Yeah. And then the next day when you have another difficult conversation with, about your faith with your parents who you just would long to know Jesus. The highs and the lows. Let's have a listen to what um, Luke accounts and what Paul says when he goes back, because he takes it, makes his way back through all these places that rejected him. He goes back and checks that the churches are doing okay. And, and it says in verse uh, 22, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Then he says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. He's saying that to encourage them. That's encouraging and strengthening them. He's so honest with them, isn't he? I love that line. Stay true to the faith. I think that's the message that we need to hold on to. The unshakable truth of our faith. Stay true to the faith. Paul says it's going to be tough. Look at my life. Look at the highs and the lows. But stay true to the faith. It will bring hardship. It will bring difficulty. But stay true to the faith. Don't give up. Don't give up when it gets tough. Be unshakable. You know, it can be, if we choose, an exciting journey to be on following Jesus. It doesn't have to be mundane. We can choose to find this exciting journey. Because we have a call, just like Paul and Barnabas. It's the same message that we're being called to share all all these years later. So I wonder, simple question, isn't it? But... Where do I need to be more available? How can I be more available this week? Where do I need to be a bit more flexible in my approach towards those that I spend my life with during the week? Where do I need a bit more humility? The Bible talks about clothing ourselves with humility, doesn't it? Maybe that's the challenge today. Let's clothe ourselves with humility. We might be those who get excited about sharing our faith through the highs and through the lows. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Paul and Barnabas and for their amazing 
excitement and joy at following you and serving you. Thank you for the challenge that it brings us today. We hear that challenge, Lord. We long to, to say yes, Lord, to the highs and to the lows of following you, to the highs and the lows of stepping out and sharing our faith with others. Father, we pray this week, help us to be available. Give us wisdom with those that we seek to share faith with, that we'd be flexible in sharing our faith, but also that we do it with great humility, giving you the glory, giving you the honour. And Lord, we just say we long, we just long to see you at work. We long to see you continuing to change and transform lives through the power of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.